What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today, we are going to talk straight training. So there's a reason for this, um, and there's a quick announcement I have for you guys. The Boom Boom Elite, my membership site, is 100% public open live this week, and next week the price jumps up to $59 a month. This week we're keeping it low at $45 a month, so it's 20% off right now if you jump in by the end of the week. Now, I'm going to talk straight training today, and it's all going to be kind of based around what I do in the membership site. So regardless of if you are one of my clients, if you are a random person who just likes training talk, if you are looking to better your results, or you are interested and want to jump in the membership site, this podcast is for you regardless because I am going to talk science, application, training splits, how to set up your training, the best methods to use for your training, um, the ins and outs of programming and what we want to focus on, how you can adjust to your own personal individualization, your lifestyle routine, so on and so forth. I'm going to go in depth with exactly all Basically, everything you need to know in order to make sure a program is truly optimal for you. Um, The reason this is related to the membership site is because that's what I do in the membership site. I create training programs, and then I make sure that they're adjustable and able to be optimized for every single individual in the group. I help these people change the program if needed. I offer multiple programs inside, multiple cardio slash conditioning work. We're adding specialization days where I will actually be giving you a fifth or a sixth day if you're one of those people that likes to train all throughout the week. Um, these are days where you can focus on one week point or one body part each month. So they're going to be kind of extras. We are giving the nutrition hierarchy away for free inside that group. We are about to launch a um, an exclusive macro-friendly recipe guide written by my coach, Courtney Sturgeon, uh, but a bunch of influencers actually from Instagram, we reached out to them, and they actually gave us recipes. So there's recipes from a lot of people you probably know inside that group. Everybody in the membership site will get that for free. I go live throughout the week doing what I call the morning elite, which is mindset hacks, drills, practices that I use with myself and my mentor clients. Um, I'm giving those inside the membership site to make sure that people are growing mentally um, versus just with training and nutrition. There's so much stuff in there, guys, so much content and interviews and exercise demonstrations. Like there's so much being poured into it that it's insane that we're doing it for such a low price. But that's been my goal this whole time. Like when I first started in this industry, even before I started in the industry, actually, when I made my first transformation with my body, this is when I really realized that uh, the slogan I use, your body is the fastest path to power, is is truly a very, very true statement, and it it does change your life if you can change your body. I went through a transformation, and it changed everything. My mindset, my confidence, my happiness, my success, my energy, literally everything in my life changed. And what I did is I jumped in a membership site, and I got to give credit to Jay Ferrugia. He was the first membership site I jumped in. I've been in a couple um, over the years, uh, or sorry, almost a decade ago, (laughs) but over the years, I went through a couple different ones um, that helped my transformation, but his was the first one I went into, um, and I realized that that's what I needed in order to change. I needed a group. I needed a community. I needed access to information. I needed programming that was going to help me feel better, uh, movement better, uh, move better, feel better, live better, train harder, see results, build muscle, burn fat. Like I needed all the results, but I didn't have access to a personal trainer, nor could I afford it at the time. And this was how I did it. This is how I got results. This is how I changed my life. And that's been my goal with this membership site is really to be able to give you guys something that is very affordable and accessible for everybody, not just coaches, but everybody to learn. If you are a coach, 
you do not want to skip out on this. I have to make that very clear because the training programs are specially designed for so many different individuals. They are customizable, which I help people do inside the group. I'm giving away so much free content that's it's not really free, I guess, if you're in the group, but so much exclusive content, I should say, that's not going anywhere else. Like those interviews will never leave the group. Those programs will never leave the group. The content inside there that I provide will never leave the group. So if you're a coach and you want to learn what I do, how I do it, and how my clients get results, this is a great place for you to go learn. If you're a person who wants to get better results, wants to drop fat, build muscle, change their performance, and have access to information so they can educate themselves on how to consistently get those results, but you have no interest in getting in the industry, this is also the place for you. Because if you're not in the industry, you still need to educate yourself to get better and consistently adhere to a program and constantly see results. Guys, I could go on and on about this. This is not scripted. This is literally just a rant on the membership site. But it's something I'm so fired up about. And we've been running the beta group for at least a few weeks now. They are loving it. I'm getting great feedback. People who are doing the training programs inside are getting insane results. Um, I have nutrition clients that are doing nutrition with me and training in there, and they're getting phenomenal results. Like the whole thing is just so over the top, and I'm so excited about it that we've decided that it's time to launch it to the public. It's time to make it live. Um, and I already launched this to my newsletter, and I told them that I'm going to give them the lifetime 20% discount if they opt in this week. And I'm going to tell you the same thing, guys. So in the description, you can click the link. You can go check out the page where there's a video of me. If you want to hear me talk about it even more than I just did, you can watch the video. You can scroll through the page and see everything that's included. Um, and to be honest with you, it's not everything that's included because since having the beta group, I've learned a lot about what else people want. And I've actually been adding more content in and I've actually been scheduling out things over the next couple months to give even more value that's not quote-unquote included in the package. So it's really, really over the top, guys. So if you want to learn more, you can click the link there. If you want to test things out before you even actually commit to getting in the group, what you can do is actually click the links below that. I'm going to give two Dropbox links. One is a virtual tour of the membership site. And what that means is you actually can watch this video and see me go through the site. So if you want to see what the site looks like, if you want to see the pages and pages of videos that are inside, if you want to look at how you access the programs, the mindset drills I provide in there, the recipe guide, the nutrition place, all those things that are in there, you can actually watch me go through the website. Um, I have a screen share video on there. And then the next link of Dropbox that you'll see in the descriptions below is going to be a sample program. So you can actually do two days and a conditioning day. So it's either a full week if you train three days a week or it's a half of a week if you train uh, four to six days a week. But it's two lifting days and one conditioning day. So you can get a preview of one of the programs inside of the group. All right, guys, I'm going to stop talking about this and get on to the episode, but I just wanted to give you guys a shout out. I wanted to let you in on the scoop. This is the last week where it's going to be at the low price. After Saturday night, it is changing. So now is your time to opt in. And guys, if you have any questions at all, if you want to learn more about this website, if you want to learn more about the Boom Boom Elite membership site, feel free to hit me up. You can DM me on Instagram at Cody.BoomBoom, or you can shoot me an email, Cody at BoomBoomPerformance.com. I will give you as much information as possible to let you know that this is the right group for you. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to this episode, which I don't even know what I'm going to call yet, but let's call it Friday Training Talk. All right, guys. So the first topic I actually want to go over with this entire like training talk thing um, actually stems from a question I got. So I'm actually going to read the question because it was a really, really good question. I think it applies perfectly to this topic that we're going to be going over today. Um, let's see. The question was from 
Fran, oh my God, you guys, oh wait, no, I got this. Francesca Marie Gonzalez. When you put that all together with no periods, no spaces, you see it and it's kind of scary. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to read this. But Francesca Marie Gonzalez asked, I was hearing one of your podcasts and you mentioned the importance of reading journal articles and making sure you are coming to your own conclusions, etc., on data instead of just following IG fads. Can you dwell delve in a little on can you dwell in a little in too many ends in that kind of confuse me. <laughs> can you dwell into your on one of your podcasts about this? Like do you use Google Scholar? What are some of your favorite journals? And how do you digest information gathered? Was recently reading about this guy, microbiome and card about the oh gut typo. Reading about the gut microbiome and carbohydrate digestion. Guys, first and foremost, I want to apologize for my reading skills. I was never provided hooked on phonics as a kid. It was a slow start. I'm still working on it, and I apologize, but it's getting better, I think. <laughs> so how do, I, uh, how do I do this? So this is the reason I wanted to bring this up is because science-based, quote-unquote, is like a big thing right now, and I think it's important to be science-based, but I think it's important to also – not forget about experience, and not neglect application. Science is pointless if you cannot apply it properly. So the keto diet is something I harp on quite a bit, so I'm going to use that as an example. But this is a great example because the keto diet has study and study and study to prove its efficacy of being healthy, of it being able to actually burn more fat, being able to create metabolic flexibility, so on and so forth. You name it, the the keto diet can probably help you. But the problem with it is, I mean, there's multiple problems, but one of them is you can't really build muscle on it, according to some studies. But that's besides the point. Um, And actually, that's a great example because I read a study, and the study showed that you actually cannot really build muscle even in a hypocaloric, which means a surplus state. But there's people that claim to have built muscle on a keto diet. Now, when you go through a study, they use averages for small groups. Whether that small group is 10 people or 100 people, it's still a small group relative to the world. Now, they take the average, which means out of 100 people, maybe the average is that nobody built muscle. But maybe there was three outliers in that 100 people that is going to build muscle with it, which means there's 3% of people who could possibly build muscle on a keto diet. I don't know if that's true. It could be 0%, but it could be 3%. And studies will not tell us that. They will give us the mean average. So because of that, we can't rule out application. We can't rule out experience because if somebody is getting success on a keto diet, if they're building muscle, if they're increasing performance, if they love that diet, who am I to say that they can't do it? Because quote unquote science said so. So with that being said, I think it's important, like she said, I've mentioned before, like it's important to have your own conclusions. It's important to have your own interpretations of it. Um, and it's really, really important to look at experience of yourself and experience of other strength coaches, other nutrition coaches out there. Example, this is something I've talked to Jason Phillips about. I don't know how many times because there's no studies to prove it. But we've both noticed it, um, and he works more in the CrossFit space, so he's noticed it even more than me. But I've noticed it personally, and I've noticed it with some of my clients that are very performance-driven, um, some of my CrossFit athletes. Dairy. For some reason, people seem to have a lowered, lower, a lowered oxygen intake during conditioning or energy system training when too much dairy is present. Now, that could be a person-to-person individual intolerance, uh, but it could be a high percentage of people because – 
The truth is everybody's lactose intolerant to a small degree. Some people are more lactose intolerant than others, but as, as a species, we actually don't produce that enzyme that breaks down lactose as well as cows and things do for their own species, right? There's a reason why babies drink human milk. Anyway, this is something that he's noticed. It's experienced. This is something that I've noticed personally. It's experienced. This is something that other strength coaches have noticed, but there's never been a study to do so. There's no real science to prove it because everything that science shows us is that you know, dairy products have great protein, and they do. Dairy products have a lot of nutrients, and they do. So there's a lot of benefits to dairy. But maybe for the high-performing, energy system-based, aerobic, anaerobic, doesn't really matter. Anybody who needs a higher rate of oxygen intake during energy system trainings for sport-specific or just for their recreational sport training, they might not want dairy as much in their diet because experience, not science, has shown us that that night might – actually limit their ability to take in oxygen and perform at a high capacity, um, aerobic capacity. So that's application, right? That's not science. So I think it's important to take every study with a grain of salt. Now, the reason, so what I suggest for her, just to answer her question before I relate this to the topic of the podcast, the thing with reading studies, I I suggest reading like the Journal of International Sports Science Nutrition, J-I-S-S-N.com. I I highly suggest you guys subscribe and pay some money. Invest in some, I mean, shit, this is a reason why you should invest in the membership site, to be honest with you. And again, I'm going to shameless plug. There's a link in the profile. But I bring in individuals who do this stuff, who research other things. Right? We go into – I mean we've done bodybuilding. We've done nutrition. We've done supplementation. We've done neurotyping. We've done how to mesh training and balance and lifestyle together. We've done conditioning and aerobic capacity. Um, we've done mobility. I've interviewed people for all these topics that they are way more familiar in their specific niches literature than I am. Um, that's what they expertise in. Right? I'm a very holistic person. I train people. I do know a lot about energy systems. So I put people through conditioning programs. I am an expert in nutrition. So I do a lot of nutrition coaching, but these people all have their own thing that they go dig a hole into. They go real deep into their specific niche and I bring them in. So now you're getting my opinion. You're you're getting these experts opinions and then you can use your experience to match against that. I I suggest investing in groups like this. Another group is Alan Aragon's research review. Um, Another one, which is my favorite is mass which is monthly application of strength sport, I think it is. Um, But basically, uh, this is a group ran by Dr. Mike Zordos, uh, Greg Knuckles, and Dr. Eric Helms. And they take the latest science regarding bodybuilding, building muscle, powerlifting, strength, performance, um, nutrition, vitamins, supplements, things like that, all pertaining to what we love and do, training and nutrition and changing our either physical appearance or performance. They take the latest science on those and they break them down in layman terms and explain how to apply those methods without getting overwhelmed. So doing things like that is going to be your best bet because now you're taking these studies and you're reading it from people who know the studies, who are entrenched in the studies, actually doing the studies, and they break it down for you so you understand and you can apply it. So that's what I suggest to you, um, Francesca Marie Gonzalez. And uh, now I'm, I literally don't even have my phone out. I just remembered that. So I'm going to remember your name forever now. Uh, it's got a flow to it. So the reason I wanted to talk about this first, and I know I already spent like eight minutes doing so, um, I think it's important to take science first and foremost when it comes to training, right? So example of this is simple. What has science showed to work best 
when it comes to training volume, frequency, intensity. What it showed us is that the bare minimum to optimize frequency is two times a week. You could push that to three to four times a week, but I would argue that um, unless you're only training three days a week, if you're training four or five days a week, I would argue that those three to four times a week frequencies might not give you um, enough localized focus and it might not or it might push you a little bit over your uh, recoverable your nervous system's recoverable volume um, from a neurological not really from a muscle tissue standpoint so frequency what we see in studies is that too little isn't good enough too much might be too much right too much is I mean duh too much might be disadvantageous because it might put you over a little bit but two times a week that middle ground that balance is perfect you're going to hit the optimal frequency to hit each muscle group twice a week. That is the optimal way to have the highest intensity, the highest volume, um, while still sending an anabolic signal multiple times a week to grow. That muscle protein synthesis signal is anabolic, and it's important for us to touch on that multiple times a week. So that's what science shows us. What does science show us for volume? Science shows us for volume that what we need to grow is usually around 20 sets per week per muscle group depending on where you're at. That's going to be like an intermediate advanced person. Now, I would start as low as 10 sets per muscle group uh, per week for a very novice or beginning lifter. And this has been shown in science too because science shows that if you're just starting, you really don't need much to grow. Why, why push your, your volume total as high as possible from the jump? Um, it doesn't make sense because then you have no room to grow, no room to progress. When 10 sets a week is going to work just as well, 20 sets a week when you're a newbie because anything works. Okay, so science shows us that 10 for beginners, 15 to 20 for intermediate and advanced, depending on the body part, and then 20 to 30 for advanced lifters. Now, you can't do 20 sets per muscle group per week, head to toe, because you will probably burn out your nervous system. If you're very advanced, you can probably do that, but you're going to be spending a lot of time at the gym. So this is where science shows us that maybe we want to push that 20 to between 20 and 25 for our chest because chest is the main focus muscle, or maybe it's shoulders and glutes. So for shoulders and glutes, we're going to push that to about 20 to 25 sets per week, and then we're going to lower maybe our chest and back and quads down to about 15 per week. So the total balance is still going to be a net volume that's recoverable, but your focus muscle groups for this one to three block phase, so anywhere between four to 12 weeks, is going to be those localized muscles. Science shows us that, right? So I could keep kind of going on and on about this, but what we need to do is look at application as well. So when we look at building a training program, um, and this is exactly what, again, what I do in the membership site, and you're probably going to hear me mention that quite a bit in this episode um, because I'm, I'm referring to the programs that are being put in there. I look at all the science. I look at my programs, and we're looking at, okay, how much volume is being put into each muscle group? Do we want to balance it out? Do I want to have a focus of the month? What are we going to do with this, right? Science also tells us that – I'm sorry, application also tells us that – we need to balance volume and exercise selection according to be for like longevity is basically what I'm getting at here. And what I mean by that is simple. If I decide like, okay, I want to build my quads, my chest and shoulders, I'm going to do 20 to 25 sets across those. I'm going to lower my volume in my hamstring, glutes and back because those are already muscular and I don't really need to work on them. Cool. Science shows us that, right? What science doesn't show us is that if we do that for more than one block, we are going to have 
extremely tight hip flexors. We're going to have extremely rounded and protracted shoulder girdles, which is going to cause stress in our traps and in our neck. We're going to sleep more poorly because of those uncomfortable positions. We're probably going to be more tight, which is going to lower our performance or increase our fatigue. Either way, it's negative. We're going to end up going into burnout. We're going to, this is not a longevity-based plan. So science shows us that volume, intensity, frequency is all that matters. Application has shown me over the years that posture and movement quality is very important because if you have a perfect science-based program but it only lasts you four weeks because after four weeks, you're crippled from having extremely tight hips, rounded shoulders, your neck hurts, you're getting headaches now, you're not going to be in the gym for long because one, you don't enjoy it. Two, you're in constant pain throughout your day-to-day life, right? So... What we need to do is look at all these science, and this is how you apply, or this is how you create a good training program. You look at all the science. What does science tell us about burning fat, building muscle, getting stronger, performing harder? And then what does application show us? Application shows us that if you don't have good movement quality, you are not going to last long in the gym, right? So you need to adjust these science-based principles according to what is actually going to apply. And this is why I don't enjoy or I, I I get frustrated with people who are in the industry but who aren't actually coaching. There's people out there that write articles, they write ebooks, they talk on podcasts, they do things, and they're very, very smart. They're very intelligent. But the problem is, is they're not working with individuals, right? They don't understand what is actually going to work for an average person, right? Like my job, literally, my career is built around helping average individuals become unaverage. Like getting average individuals to an above average physique and living an above average life. That's my job. And because of that, I can only use science so much because there's application that needs to be implemented. There's things that are science-based that you just can't apply. So step one in building an awesome program, step one um, in making sure that you are going into any training program properly is looking at the science and then understanding what is actually applicable of that science. Out of all of this stuff, what can you apply to this to your program without getting burnt out, without be getting fatigued, without being in pain, without not wanting to go to the gym, without not enjoying it? Like think of everything that you can do for application, right? That's step one is science plus application equals success. I don't know. <laughs> success, right? So that's step one, science plus application. All right. So next – we're going to go into uh, adherence-based training splits. I think that's what I'm going to call it because at the end of the day, guys, like everything works, right? Three times a week, four times a week, five times a week, six times a week. You could even make seven times a week, but I don't work, but I don't recommend it. I know that um, Dr. John Russin has a a group of guys that do seven times a week, but it's planned very accordingly. There's a recovery day. Um, there's very strategic and frequent deload weeks, so stuff like that it has to be implemented for most people. I just – I don't personally like that. I think I think going – my mindset is four to five times a week is probably most optimal. For some people, you can go six days a week. But the whole point of this is simple, guys. Adherence-based split. So now what science shows us is that, like I said earlier, volume, intensity, frequency are the three main drivers to seeing results. Whether you want fat loss, hypertrophy, strength gains, it doesn't matter. Those are going to be your three biggest crux and three biggest focuses when it comes to training, um, program design, when it comes to a science-based program. But that leads us to believe – now, the science has shown that three times a week works as well as five times a week as long as – 
volume and intensity are equated. But the problem with that is, is what can you adhere to, right? So if you do three times a week and you're optimizing intensity and volume, you're probably going to be in the gym for two hours a session. So we got to look at adherence for this. Most people adhere best to a four-day-a-week split. Some people love the gym so much that they can go five times a week, which is how I am. I think that's great. Um, but you got to adjust accordingly. So you have to, and this is, and we're going to make this one brief because it goes kind of into my next topic, um, the, my next point with these things. You have to look at a training split and go, okay, what can I adhere to best? And that's why in the membership site, we have a four-times-a-week strength program with conditioning options. We also are putting in specialization days. So for somebody who wants to do five days a week, they can actually do the strength base upper lower split and then have a posterior chain focus day. They can have a shoulder day. They can have a push day. They can have whatever they want to work on, um, arms, legs, glutes, whatever. They have that fifth day to work on their weak point. I actually like that the best. I think that's one of the smartest approaches to take because you can hit everything you need and then you can give a little bit extra attention to something that you want, right? The upper lower split four times a week allows us to go in and hit everything we need to hit to make a balanced physique, make good strength gains, so on and so forth. And then that fifth day is just an extra bonus day to make sure that we're putting in a little extra work for what we quote unquote want to get better with. Um, that being said, um, when we look at adherence, how many days a week can you get to the gym? Right. So we like I remember like when we first had Blakely, I was like, okay, what does my training need to evolve to? Like, what do I need to adapt? And the truth was, is I couldn't spend as much time in the gym. I could be there every day because shit, it's in my garage. And that's why we built the home garage gym. But I needed to be in and out. Like, so for me, it was like, okay, I'm actually going to train seven days a week, but I'm only going to spend 30 minutes in there. So for me, it was like a push, pull, push, pull, push, pull arms like realistically. And it was like push was squats, bench, overhead press, triceps, chest, delts, legs, quads, basically. So everything that I'm pushing with. My pull day was hamstring, glutes, and anything on my back in my biceps. And I would just alternate push, pull, push, pull, push, pull. By the end of the week, I had enough volume done. Um, I got to spend an extra day for fun just doing arms because that's what I enjoy. I think it's fun to do. Um, and I got all my volume in. I had good intensity because I had a strength lift every other day. Um, and it was balanced, and it and I could adhere to it because I got to train, I got to get my daily dose, but I wasn't spending hours in the gym messing with family time or my work schedule. It was simple, right? Right now, what works best for me is a five day a week split. So I go upper lower strength focused, and then I go take a rest day, and then I go push pull legs hypertrophy focused. It works for me. I can spend an hour in the gym, which is the time I have in the gym. I get to train five days a week, which I enjoy. I would be in there seven days a week, but for me, my body breaks down just because I have too many stressors in my life. Just too many, not negative stressors, but just too many things going on, business, family, travel, stuff like that. So that's what works best for me. Now, going off that, I'm applying the science, right? I'm looking at what science shows us, and then I'm saying – with that information, how can I apply that to my lifestyle, my schedule, my training, my work, my daily habits? How does this fit for me? Right? So you have to choose a training split based off adherence. If you can't stick to the split, it's not going to work for you, period. And you can't change your split every week because your schedule and your organization will be crazy, not to mention you won't have any progression that you can note down. Which brings me to my next point, neurotyping. You have to look at this whole thing and consider your personal neurotype. If you haven't listened to neurotyping specifically, I would go check out Christian Thibodeau's work. I've done two podcasts with him, so I would just go listen to those episodes. I don't know what episodes they are off the top of my head. Um, I'll list them in the show notes. But 
I also just did an interview with um, Mike Milner, and we did a because he's a certified neuro, neurotyping coach. Um, I'm in the process of being certified because I've done so much work in that realm. It's like, to be honest with you, I actually didn't know there was a cert. <laughs> I just thought there was a ton of information. So I've just been studying my ass off and talking to Christian um, on a regular basis. I mean, we're in touch every week. And then finally, I was like, oh, shit, you have a cert? Done. Let's do it. So I'm, I'm in and I'm getting that done. But the point is, is I actually interviewed him in the membership site, so that'll be exclusive for the group. But we dove in deep on how to adjust training according to your neurotype. And the main thing we want to remember here is simple. Like, I'm not going to go into each neurotype, but what I am going to tell you is that based on your neurotype, you're going to fit into a certain category. When you fit into that category, you're going to fit into a structured plan where you don't want to change anything. You like a six-week block that doesn't change and allows you to get in your groove. You have your routine. You Nothing is changing. There's not very many variables. You can just focus, get better, and work on it. That's a certain neurotype. There's a certain neuro- neurotype like myself that loves variety. So for me, it's actually not good to not change. I need a new block every three weeks. I need to have variations within my accessory work, even if that means using a kettlebell instead of a dumbbell or doing a forward lunge instead of a reverse lunge. Like Small changes are what I thrive on. That's my neurotype. There's neurotypes that like less total exercises and more volume, right? Just let me focus on the bench press and just push some heavy fucking weight and grind it out. Then there's people who want to be athletic and jump and sprint and be explosive and throw. Then there's the people who love the pump and bodybuilding. These are all different neurotypes. And the reason I'm telling you this is not to necessarily say like you need to figure out that you're a 1A main and a 2B secondary because you have a main and a secondary uh, neurotype. But what this does tell you is that you can probably figure out your neurotype basically by just looking at your history, right? So for me, my neurotype is a 2A with a secondary 1B. It makes sense. Two A's like variety. Two A's are kind of a chameleon. They, they will actually adapt to whoever's around them. I grew up in the gym around a bunch of 1Bs. 1Bs are explosive athletes. When I trained like from 18 years old till like 23, five years, probably actually no, like 24, probably six full years, I trained with a bunch of dudes who were the quote-unquote elite players like they were explosive they wanted to sprint they wanted to do box jumps they were always doing something athletic based something power based in their training i adapted to that i became a chameleon because i'm a two-way i like variety so we mixed that in bodybuilding together it was perfect for me things were always changing i could tweak things according to what the focus of the day was we did different conditioning sessions each week i was adjusting to what they want to do because that's i'm a chameleon i just want to do what everybody around me does it makes sense so if i look at my history I can say, what is the perfect program for me? Well, the perfect program for me is probably starting with some kind of neurocharge. And what I mean by that is instead of warming up, doing mobility, I need to jump. I need to sprint. I need to throw the jam ball into the floor as hard as I can, be explosive just for a couple minutes. Just be very, very explosive. That gets my 1B, quote unquote, side out of me. That gets my nervous system kind of amped up. That gets me ready to go. And then I need variety. So maybe this week I am doing bench press five by five, but instead of doing the dumbbell incline alternating press every single week after that as my accessory work. This week, I'm going to do a floor press. Next week, I'm going to do a single arm incline press. Next, The week after that, I'm going to do a two arm with a three second negative. They're all working on the same shit. I'm staying in the same rep range, but I need some kind of variety. What this also means is I don't like long rest periods, so I need to keep things quick. But again, I went into the science and I dug into this. I took the test. I know what I'm, I'm, my neurotype is. But for you, just look at your history. What did you fall towards? What did you flock towards? Do you tend in your history, did you like 
bodybuilding work? Do you enjoy the pump more than anything? Do you feel like you need to have some kind of accomplishment afterwards? Do you feel like you love slow grinding strength with long rest periods? Like you just want to lift as heavy as possible. Do you like being explosive? Do you prefer to have one exercise for the next six six weeks and really just focus on progressing, getting comfortable and learning that technique? Like these are things that you can look at and then taking the science and going, okay, well, I can adjust volume. I can adjust my training uh, split according to what I prefer most. And this is the only time that I allow clients to change um, their training program with me because I'm a big fan of like, okay, this is your training program. Let's stick to it and let's stay true to it. But at the end of the day, if you're a client who – you know, you need variety or you're a client who loves to go heavy, you hate the pump. Okay, cool. What I want you to do is I want you to avoid doing those 12 to 15 rep ranges. I want you to do six reps and I want you to focus on a slow negative. I'm still going to get the amount of volume because time and retention is longer. So the science is still there, but I'm adjusting it according to your neurotype and you can base your neurotype off your history. And I'm going to keep kind of circling around that. And again, like if you're in the membership site, go check out the video. I think it should be up by the end of the day. So by the time this airs, it should be out already in the membership site. If you're in there or if you're listening to this and you decide to jump in the membership site, which obviously I suggest, um, there's a link in the description. Go in there. Go watch the video with Mike Milner, and we'll talk about what to look out for, signs to note. Like what type of athlete were you can help you determine um, – what neurotype you are as well, what kind of training you usually do can help you determine what kind of neurotype you are. So I, I, I'm a big fan of neurotyping. So after we've, uh, we have the science and application, step one, we have adherence-based split, step two, then we factor in our neurotype or our personality type slash history into our training to tweak things so that we can adhere to that training longer, right? So the training split doesn't need to change. The training split can still be upper, lower, upper, lower, and then a conditioning day, or it can be upper, lower, low intensity, upper, lower, high intensity cardio. If that's your split, that's your split. But if your example, for me, 2A, that high intensity cardio should probably change every week. That low intensity cardio, the modality you use should probably change every week. Your accessory work, your finisher, your pump work, change your grips, change the uh, loading scheme, those things. Like keep your metric-based compound lift, but change the other things. If you're a type 3 and you're very anxiety-driven, you're very organized, you're very particular – then stick to the exact program. Maybe give yourself a couple extra weeks on that program so you can master it. It's going to work better for you. It's going to cre- create less stress, more, less anxiety, and it's going to create more focus within that training program. If you're a 1A or a 1B, you probably like powerlifting style work. So stay in that lower rep range. Stay in that heavy strength work, that more, more neurological. Even though I don't suggest people doing a ton of strength work throughout the week because of recovery demands, these 1A individuals can actually recover easier from it because that's their neurotype. So you can do that. 1Bs, make sure you're doing something dynamic and athletic. 2Bs, you love bodybuilding. Get the pump. 2As, do whatever the fuck you want because you're probably going to adjust to it regardless. <laughs> you need variety. So Consider your neurotype, consider your history and look at your history and then go from there. And if you're confused about that, again, go check out the episodes I did with Christian Thibodeau. Um, Jump in the membership site, guys, because I'm talking to people about this stuff if they need help um, privately. And I'm also – I have videos of not only Christian Thibodeau and Mike Milner in the the membership site portal where you can learn more about this. But that's huge. The next thing we're going to talk about, this is step four, exercise selection. This is – not as important as the split. This is not as important as the science of training, volume, frequency, and intensity. It's not as important as your neurotype. It can change depending on your neurotype. Exercise selection should be – how should I say this? There's kind of like a, a hierarchy, right? 
I would say the first and fourth, like the bottom of the pyramid of exercise selection is going to be your compound lifts. You should probably always have the compounds in. You should be squatting. You should be deadlifting. Um, assuming you're in a healthy movement pattern, assuming you don't have joint issues or back issues or anything like that, um, you should uh, – so bottom of the period is compound. Um, the next one is going to be – I would say like – and I'm making this hierarchy up as we go. I would say feeling. Right? What exercise make you actually feel good? So going off the compounds, you need to squat. Okay, well, does back squat make you feel like shit? Okay, so how do you feel with a box squat or a front squat or a zerch squat? So how you feel is going to be a big component of that because, again, if you're not enjoying your program, if you're not consistently adhering to the program because you have aches and pains, you're not choosing the right exercise selection. The third part of this hierarchy is going to be balancing bilateral and unilateral work. I see a lot of people who do just bilateral work. They're doing bench press. They're doing squats. They're doing deadlifts. They're doing overhead press. They're doing two-arm T-bar rows, bent rows, curls, but they're not doing single-arm presses, single-arm overhead press, single-arm curls, single-arm rear delt flies, single-arm chest flies, uh, single-leg step-ups, lunges, split squats, RDLs, hip thrusts. There's so many variations of unilateral work, and unilateral work is going to help you work on your imbalances. So let's say I have a... I have a, uh, a glute, my right glute never fires, right? So I'm squatting and my left glute is taking over. My right glute is not active enough. Well, now I'm getting tension in my QL, my uh, lumbar spine, my hip flexor, my adductor, like everything around that glute because the glute is not firing. Well, I, I need to work on my glutes, so I'm going to go do hip thrust, right? Well, now I'm doing hip thrust to strengthen my glutes because my glutes aren't firing enough in the squat, and my left glute is the only one activating, but I'm doing a ton of hip thrusts. So now my, I have an overactive glute and an underactive glute. I'm not fixing the problem. What do I do? Well, I do single leg kickbacks with that right side. I do single leg hip thrusts with that right side. Or I do them with both sides, but maybe I do eight per side on my left and I do 12 per side on my right. I give a little bit extra volume to that other side. But the point of this is simple. When we do enough of unilateral work, we're going to start taking away imbalances. We're going to start fixing imbalances. We're going to start creating a better movement pattern. Um, but then also we are going to learn how to stress the muscle and not the joint. And what I mean by that is simple. If I am doing a single leg, like I'm doing a Bulgarian split squat and I have two 80 pound dumbbells in my hands, right? That's 160 pounds on that quad, right? But I'm in a split stance, and I'm holding the dumbbells by my side, that is not 160 pounds on my spine. Now, if I put a barbell on my back, that is 160 pounds on my spine, but that is 80 pounds per leg because I have to split that bar, that load in half, one half for each leg. So now I'm splitting the load evenly, but I'm keeping the same amount of load on my back. So when we do unilateral work, we are, we are putting all of that weight, 160 pounds. Yes, I guess it's technically on my spine. It's not always on my spine. But let's say we're doing a barbell Bulgarian split squat. Okay, we have 160 pounds on my spine. Maybe I can handle that. But my leg is not doing 80 pounds now. It's doing 160 because I'm in a single leg position, roughly. Obviously, this isn't exact. But the point is, is I can load the muscle without having to load the spine as much. Unilateral work is great for that. Um, Unilateral work will challenge you more than you realize. You, can, you also can't compensate as much. So if I'm doing like a barbell overhead press, I can push. I can duck underneath. I can you know, try to avoid stuff. But with a single arm overhead press, if I keep my position, I can really see where my uh, compensations lie and I can work on those compensations. And again, that's how we get rid of imbalances. So we got the compound lifts. We got how you feel. Then we got 
Um, holy shit, I just drew a blank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bi bilateral and unilateral work. We were bouncing them out. Guys, I don't write this stuff down. This is all straight off the top. Um, so we got compounds. We got how you feel in the movement itself. We got bouncing, unilateral, and bilateral work. After that, we have variation. And that's probably the last thing. Variation allows you to change things as you go. And this depends on your neurotype. Some people are going to want to vary their uh, accessory work and their exercise selection quite a bit. Others, not so much. Um, and you can actually get away and still build strength. If you program it right, you can still build a lot of strength with a lot of variation. So it kind of depends on the person, kind of depends on how you have it set up. All right. So the next part of this, uh, I guess, the next step, I should say. So we got science and application. We got an adherence-based split. We have neurotyping. We have your exercise selections. Four. Our fifth one is going to be a concurrent method. A concurrent method or a conjugate method, I guess you could say, is basically looking at two different modalities. You could say three. So two to three different modalities or goals or targets and programming them all within one training block. I personally think this is the best way to go. Um, because if we focus, so like let's say we just focus on strength. We're training three to four days a week. All we do is three to six rep range. All we care about is strength. We're going to do that for 12 weeks, and then we're going to move into hypertrophy, and we're only going to do eight to 15 reps. Cool. The problem with that is is during that eight to 15 reps, we still will build a little bit of strength in that higher rep range, but we're not training our absolute strength. So when we come back to strength, we're going to focus for four weeks just trying to recover and get back to where we were. So you're kind of backtracking. With concurrent method training, you can kind of just have slower gains, but just nonstop gains. So now I'm moving if for the most popular version of this is strength and hypertrophy together. So you have an upper lower split. Two days are quote unquote max effort, which is basically lower rep, higher load intensity where you're just pushing the strength side of things harder. And that's all you do on those days. The other two days, you're working the same exact muscle groups. So you're still doing an upper lower split. You're still working the same movement patterns, the same muscles. So now we're hitting that twice a week frequency. But everything is in that 8, 10, 12, 15, 20 rep range. Right? So now we're doing this in a concurrent method by working on strength half the week and hypertrophy half the week. So we're constantly pushing both of those goals, which supplement each other. Now, what you can also do with a concurrent model is kind of take a hybrid approach where we take two completely opposite training methods um, or goals and we put them together. Strength and hypertrophy are like brother and sister. They can go a lot easier. Strength and endurance or hypertrophy endurance, a little bit different. But there's people out there doing that. Alex Viata is a great example of this. He takes people to be powerlifters and marathon runners. You can do it. So what he's doing is part of the week he is working on strength and power. Part of the week he is working on energy systems, whether that's anaerobic or aerobic specifically for these marathon runners. So now we're still using a concurrent method. We're using two modalities at once. You can take this even further. Maybe you want to do power, hypertrophy, and endurance. So now I am going to have some Olympic lifting in there because I'm going to work on my power. I'm going to have some bodybuilding in there so I can work on my hypertrophy. And in the mornings, I'm going to do endurance-based aerobic work because I want to work on my energy systems. That's a concurrent method. I believe this is the smartest approach. Obviously, if you have zero goals besides one, like you just care about strength, you can probably do a, a linear approach. But the problem with that is at some point you're going to hit a sticking point. So if your goal is strength, at some point you're going to actually need to build more muscle in order to break through your strength plateaus. If your only goal is hypertrophy, at some point you're going to need to work on strength, pure absolute strength, in order to break through your hypertrophy plateaus. Um, and then on top of that, like if we look at a concurrent method, the cool thing about it is I believe it's a more functional fitness level, right? 
somebody who is quote unquote fit, somebody who is extremely healthy and lean and fit, like if, if the, well, let's define what fit is. It's not a power lifter who can bench 600 pounds, but it has bad health markers and can't run a mile in an appreciable time. Being fit is being healthy, moving well, lifting heavy, being powerful and explosive, being able to have big muscles, being lean, being able to run a mile and not be like dead. I mean, you can be gassed, but like you shouldn't be like lying on the floor gasping for air. You should be able to jog a mile in a, in an appreciable, appreciable manner. That's fit. So per, for me personally, and what I see with a lot of my clients, concurrent methods are usually the best focusing on two goals at a time. What you can do with this is two thirds of your programming should be focused on their main goal. So if their main goal is hypertrophy and, or, uh, fat loss, then two thirds of their training should probably be higher rep in that eight plus rep range. One third of their training should be supplemented with the exact goal that is going to get them closer to their fat loss or hypertrophy goal. So maybe that is aerobic training, or maybe that's strength training. For most people, it's going to be hypertrophy and strength, two-thirds and one-third. Um, if your goals for this concurrent method are energy systems and power and bodybuilding, like I said before, if you have an equal goal of being a hybrid athlete, it should probably be one-third each. So one-third of your training is focused on power and Olympic lifting. One-third of it is bodybuilding isolation work, and one-third of it is aerobic energy systems. They all su- supplement together. They're not they're not really specific goals that work together, but they can work together if you program it this way. So going back to the main point of this, like concurrent method of program design is probably my favorite. It works best with clients because we can work on multiple modalities at once. I find it's the best way to keep them in the gym longer because it gives them variety, uh, but it's also a good way to attack health and their results specifically. So again, you can balance it evenly, 50-50, or you can balance it like one-third, two-third, depending on um, if they have more of a goal in one realm than the other. All right, so we got science and application. We got adherence-based training splits. We have your neurotype. We have exercise selection. We have dialing all this into a concurrent method, which really, now that I think about it, the concurrent method should probably have been number two after science and application because that's relative to your goal. You need to know your goal before you go into anything else, obviously, but Let's skip, let's go make that number two then. So science and application, concurrent method, adherence-based splits. So how many days a week are you in the gym? Um, neurotyping and then exercise selection is number five. Number six is going to be cardio. I do believe everybody should be doing cardio no matter what their goal is. And that's kind of all I'm going to say with this. I'm not going to go super deep into aerobic and anaerobic systems and, and what your capacity is and how to program that. But the truth is, is Cardio has a lot of benefits. It's actually going to help your muscular endurance. It's going to help your recovery times between. If you have better conditioning and a better metabolic capacity, you're in aerobic capacity, I mean, you're literally going to you're going to be able to rest and recover quicker during sets, which is going to allow you to get more total volume and density in per training session, which is probably going to lead to more muscle growth. It's also going to lead to more strength gains because, again, we're improving our rate of recoverability. Add to that. From heart health, it's extremely important to do some form of cardio. Whether we're doing high intensity or low intensity matters less. It's just do it, right? Again, this is going to also get you lean. So I don't know if that's number three or number four that I'm just naming off. But the point is, is doing some cardio is going to help you burn more calories. And that's a healthy manner, like burning off the food you intake. Even if you want to build muscle and gain weight, doing some cardio is not a bad thing. It allows you to eat more food. It allows you to recover better. It allows you to be healthier. All those things are going to allow you to build more muscle. So I believe everybody should do a little bit of cardio. And I think you should really balance it out between 
high intensity, moderate intensity, and low intensity, I think it's important to work all of your energy systems, not just one. If all you do is lift in high intensity cardio, you're only stressing one energy system. If we told you go on a two mile jog, you're smoked because you have no aerobic ability. You're not working that energy system. So I think it's important to do a little bit of lists, a little bit of hit. And if you can blend in some miss, go for it. It's not the most important out of all of them, but a little moderate intensity is not bad for you as well, especially if you're doing it on like a bike or a rower because there's less joint impact. Um, so I'm really big on that. So the cardio was the next piece there. The last piece I'm going to touch on for this whole entire training thing is going to be recovery. And this is not necessarily going into the training program, although if you focused on everything I just talked about, if you apply the right science to make sure you're doing the right volume, intensity, frequency, and not too much, if you are using a concurrent method, um, which is actually going to help recovery a lot because if you do just strength, it's going to be harder to recover from than if you do just hypertrophy and vice versa. If you do a little bit of both, you're using different systems, different nervous system outputs, you're going to recover a little bit better. Um, if you are following a plan that you can adhere to, you're probably going to be doing so that is not overwhelming you, not over fatiguing you or burning you out. If you go according to your neurotype of what you tend to flock to, well, you're going to recover better because that's actually what you're chemically designed to do. That's the whole point of neurotyping. We base it off dopamine, serotonin, acetylcholine, um, GABA, all these different chemicals in our body that actually pre uh, pre, their predispositions to what we can do. So if you're predispositioned to do more neurological training, more strength work, you're actually going to recover better from that than if you did a bunch of bodybuilding work. So following what you're meant to do is important. Exercise selection is going to keep you in the gym longer if you're balancing that right. Um, cardio is going to help recovery. So we've talked about all this stuff. For recovery, this last piece, if you do everything I just mentioned, you're going to be recovering pretty well. Now, there are some, there's four key components that I want you to think about when doing this. Number one is going to be nutrition. This has nothing to do with training program design, but if you don't have your nutrition locked in, you need to lock it in. Now, there's a couple ways to do this. You can do something as simple as getting like the ebook, the nutrition hierarchy, which is free for anybody in the membership site, but that'll teach you exactly what you need to recover and to actually change your body composition and change your performance. So you're not confused on where your macros should be, what micronutrients, vitamins, and minerals you need, all that stuff. But you need to lock those in because nutrition is probably the biggest crux that leads to better recovery. If we look at what we do during training, we're depleting glycogen, we're depleting ADP, we're depleting ATP, we're depleting all these things, creatine phosphate. All these things need to be replenished and what is going to help us replenish those better? Number one is going to be nutrition. Nutrition supplies the demands of fuel that we need. That's like the biggest thing. So if you don't have your nutrition unlocked, figure out a way to do it. Hydration is next. You need hydration. You need to fuel your muscles with water and hydration to actually keep them full, to keep them hydrated, um, to allow the carbohydrates to do the work they need, to allow the creatine in your body or that you supplement with to do what it's supposed to do. You need hydration. Um, electrolytes, pH balance, like there's so many reasons you need hydration, but one of the biggest ones is going to be recovery and performance. Next, chill the fuck out. And I know that sounds funny, but what they show in studies is that more than anything from a psychological and a neurological level, if you can just relax, like wind down and watch some Netflix at night, chill out and play some video games, like literally just chill out and relax. If you can do that on a more frequent basis every day, every week, whatever, you will actually neurologically recover faster. 
So they will take people and make them forced meditation, forced video games, forced hanging out. Like it's important and it sounds so simple and it is, but that works better than massages. It works better than ice bath. It works better than anything because downtime like that, you're downregulating your nervous system. So you're going into parasympathetic mode. You can jump in an ice bath or be in a massage or whatever and you can kind of still be stressed out. If you relax and you actually go have fun and chill out and just do nothing and sit on the couch or whatever it is for you, you're actually going to go more into parasympathetic mode. And, and sometimes that's what we need. And that's, that's going to help us downregulate that nervous system and neurologically fully recover. And then last but not least, sleep. I don't even need to explain why sleep is so important. There's enough information out there. And if you haven't listened to the podcast with Joe Rogan where he did one with the sleep expert, go listen to that shit because it's mind-blowing and it, it'll convince you. But basically, you're going to need seven to nine hours of sleep. Obviously, that's harder for most. So look at your sleep now. If you're only getting five, shoot for six. If you're getting six, shoot for six and a half. Work yourself up till you get seven. But getting seven hours of quality sleep makes the world of a difference when it comes to um, getting results, fully recovering, so on and so forth. All right, guys, that's all I got today. Once again, thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys all for being here and listening to me in your headphones or your car or your, while you're at the gym, whatever you're doing right now. I appreciate you. It means the world to me knowing that people are actually listening to this. Um, and I just want to make it one quick announcement again, guys. This is the last week to get this low price on the membership site. It's something I'm super passionate about. I'm super excited about. And I'm pouring a ton of extra content in there. And I'm just excited for everybody to be getting crazy results within there. So if you listen to this podcast, if you liked the information you heard, you like learning about training, and you want to take all of this information that I just talked about and implement into one program without having to do it yourself, this is the perfect place for you. If you are a trainer and you want to expand your knowledge, you want to learn more about what I do and how I do it with my clients, Again, this is the perfect place for you guys. You can get access to that right now. Click the link in the description or go to boomboomperformance.com slash elite. I will see you guys in there. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the all-inclusive guide to mastering your diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book, not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum. That is the only way into the forum, and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.